welcome back. We've had another great week. Adding another state makes the total 38 states and the number of cities worldwide at 305. Episode 36 will pick up where we left off. You'll remember that I teed up a trip that I took in between the two one-year tours at Osan. And when I start thinking about going back to stateside, there is some research that I wanted to complete ahead of moving. At the same time that I was stationed in Korea, my sister was doing a tour in Bangkok, Thailand with the U.S. Embassy. It's about as far as flying from Washington, D.C. to San Francisco. And since Osan is about on the same latitude as Hampton, Virginia, there are some pretty cold winters. Thailand, on the other hand, is consistently warm all year round, and it would be lovely to see her. So I took my free trip to Bangkok. I had already sold my home in Hampton, so going back to the U.S. at this time didn't seem the best use of my time, considering the time lost with jet lag both ways. Since they were assigned to the embassy, the housing they were provided was really nice. In fact, I kept getting lost going to my room. I'd not been back to Bangkok since that trip in early 1988. At that time, it was one of the most interesting cities I went to in terms of a large Asian city in transition. In some ways, like Korea, there are modern vehicles on the roads along with carts powered by people and tuk-tuks or little gas-powered three-wheeled open vehicles. You've probably seen photos on TV. They are fun and good to get around as they are quick and kind of weave through the traffic. One unique advantage of living in Asia is that you have an APO address. I'm sure most of you have heard of APO and FPO addresses. FPOs are fleet post offices associated with the Navy, as you would expect. APOs are army post offices, which are the addressees for military, as well as State Department and other government offices around the world. It's APO for the army because the army has responsibility for mail overseas. So in Korea, I had an APO address, and my sister had an APO address in Bangkok. When you ship from APO to APO, it's free, since it travels through the army. Oh, and this is another interesting fact. When someone is stationed in Asia, and similarly in Europe if you're uh, there, you can get to the leading base, in our case Hawaii, and Europe it's um, Ramstein, are always options for space-available flights on military aircraft because... Mail travels a couple times a day. Anyway, so since it was winter in Korea, and while winter in Thailand, the temperatures are still in the 90s and 70s at night, I mailed my suitcase to Thailand ahead of my arriving. It was great. In addition, when you return, the same. If you're thinking ahead, yep, shop till you drop, because you can ship what you buy free as well. My sister came to Korea after my visit to Bangkok, and she bought a brass bed, something that Korea is well known for. It was shipped free back to Thailand. Okay, back to my trip. The morning after getting to Thailand, we were venturing out, and this was the funniest thing ever. It was at least 75, maybe 80 degrees, and I was in shorts. The security guard at the gate where they were living was wearing a long winter coat, a hat, earmuffs, scarf, and gloves. He looked at me like, are you a crazy person? Winter is winter, and the temperature range in December is greater, so that makes sense from their perspective. Like Korea, Thailand, and especially Bangkok, is a shopping bonanza. I loved the pewter. It was gorgeous. It came in a satin finish and the shiny finish, and I preferred the satin finish. The silk goods were beautiful, and there were so many wonderful things to buy. 
Like Korea, the small shops, you could negotiate the prices. Unlike Korea, the Thai language is much more difficult to learn, especially for someone like me that has no affinity for language. Thai script, which is easy for them, it looked so similar to me and trying to decipher signs was impossible. My sister, since they were stationed at the embassy, they got free Thai lessons while they were there. They had been in country for a while, and so there were some tips that they shared that I still remember. First, it is important to be sure where you point your toes when around monks and others. The monks were easy to spot because they had shaved heads and wore a bright orange robe. You couldn't cross your legs, and most importantly, you don't point your toes toward anyone. And if never, never ever touch a monk. I sound like a what-you-know commercial. Anyway, when in a taxi or a tuk-tuk, if the vehicle is involved in an accident, leave the fare on the seat and exit. The reason is that you could be sued because the rationale was that they wouldn't have been there in the first place if you hadn't directed them to go to your destination. Pretty odd, I know. Luckily, we didn't have that scenario. The last one is really important. When out and about, be sure you have toilet paper in your backpack. The toilets were free. The toilet paper was not. So we carried toilet paper in our backpack, and I did buy one as a souvenir, and alas, I can't find it after all these years. It was purchased in the bathroom at a vending machine on the wall. It only costs one baht, the currency of Thailand. It's not much. When you pay, it pops out in a small brown and purple box with a few squares of toilet paper. Now you may be thinking, if it's only one baht, why carry your own? There are a couple of reasons. The first is there are different sizes of the one baht coin because it was made in different years. If you didn't have the right sized coin, no toilet paper for you. Plus, the small box of paper was not much, especially when your body is transitioning to a culturally different food. You remember how Ken mentioned that he loved the yaki mandu from the street vendor. Similarly, Bangkok streets are filled with street vendors. If you're like me, I love exploring the food from a country, and some of it looks absolutely amazing. And sometimes, some looks a bit unsure. A little factoid about Thailand, then at least, the number one cause of death was food poisoning. The reason is that food handling at this stage of their economic development wasn't widely monitored, well, if at all, and more on that later. Bangkok and Thailand has so many things to see, and it's just an absolutely wonderful experience. We went to the bridge over the River Kwai, floating along in your boat, and if you see something you like, you stop and buy it from them on their boat. And in fairness, if you see something you like, you better buy it. Another boat with the same items may not come along for a while. One day, we hired an English-speaking guide for a day, and that was awesome. We found our way to a little park. It was beautiful along a river. In the distance, there was a wooden bridge made of slats. Two of us decided to go explore. Wendy stayed back with the guide. We're walking along this bridge. It's very high, and I'm not a fan of heights. In fact, I'm kind of freaking out, yet trying to be a brave one. We get to the midpoint of the bridge, and there are missing slats, enough that you can't jump, not that I would have. When we get back from our excursion, we mentioned that we couldn't go any further on that bridge we saw, and we pointed to it in the distance. The guide said, it's a good thing that we didn't try. 
The other side of the bridge was Burma. We made the right decision. It was eye-opening as we drove through the countryside outside of Bangkok to our different places. Many were quite a distance from the city, so you would see a lot of homes along the way. Many of the homes only had three walls. One side of the home was completely open, and you could see a dining table with the pillows around it where the families would sit. Often that room or the living room was the one that was most often exposed. And while the homes were furnished very modestly, as you might expect, you could still see a photo of the king hanging on the wall. It was both a sign of pride for their country leader, as well as for themselves as a people. I've traveled to a lot of countries of varying economic development, to include outside the cities, which I really do enjoy. Seeing tourist attractions is great. Seeing how people actually live in their country, to me, is really rewarding. Whether Thailand, Korea, South Africa, Bulgaria, during my travels, I saw the homes of many average citizens. Each time, it was an observation of both curiosity as well as recognition of our world's people and becoming a global traveler. One of the most memorable events was that we took a dinner cruise. Unfortunately, the cruise was late in starting. By the time we got going, as I recall, it was easily 35, maybe 45 minutes late. It was a beautiful evening. The food was served in a tapas-like style. The server initially would bring by a sampling of each food that was available that evening. Then, you would reorder the ones that you liked the most. And it was unlimited. There were all kinds of foods. It was interesting to test a variety of items, some that you might be unsure about, and some that looked absolutely yummy. There were these little brown breaded pork items, about the size of a U.S. half dollar. And they were delicious. In fact, they were our favorite. We ate plate after plate of them. My sister, who doesn't eat much meat, if at all, she pretty much passed on those and had other things. We had seafood items and enjoyed some Thai beer and other uniquely Thai items. It was a lovely evening. Later that evening, in the middle of the night, two of us were violently ill. We had food poisoning, and we knew a trip to the hospital was needed. Wendy drove us to the hospital... Now, this would, of course, be an experience. In fact, it's the only country that I've had to go to a hospital or medical facility in all of my travels around the world. We were shivering, and they draped a white blanket over our heads and around our shoulders. And maybe the security guard was onto something. <laughs> anyway, we each saw a different doctor and left with different medications. And Wendy was a nurse of the year. Throughout the rest of the night, into the next day, she gave us our medication all at different times and nursed us back to health. Being a food guy, knowing that there was sparse refrigeration in Thailand, eating pork, in hindsight, was a very bad idea. Since I keep a close track of expenses when I'm on a trip, I vaguely remember that when it came to time to pay for our visit, I handed Wendy my wallet and said it has U.S. dollars some bought, and credit cards. As a military member, I would be reimbursed when I got back, so I didn't really care how much it was. I just wanted to make sure we could pay. I saw a doctor. I saw a specialist, had some blood taken, got medication, and of course, all of this was in, the was in the emergency room. I figured it would be substantial. The next day, I asked Wendy, how, how much did it cost? And she said, oh, you had enough bought. And I was thinking, I didn't have much bot at all. Well, it was just under 
$36 US. Yes, I did still apply to get reimbursed. And since the bill was in Thai and in Bot, I remember the finance specialist asked me how much the bill was. I showed him the bill and he said, well, how much is that in dollars? I said, about 36. He says, no problem. <laughs> Before I left Bangkok, Wendy had their housekeeper make me a traditional Thai meal. We were out for the day, and when we got back, the dining table was absolutely packed with food. And while I do like Thai food, I'm not a fan of the super hot versions of some of the dishes. Although the food looked absolutely amazing, my favorite when I was there was the Thai beef salad, but not too hot. Well, one of the items on the table was in fact Thai beef salad, and my mouth was on fire. <laughs> it was all delicious and all very, very, very spicy. You know what they say, well, when in Rome, like I said, everything was beautifully made and it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. A short time after my visit to Thailand, I mentioned that Wendy came to Korea and my aunt also came to visit Korea as well. It was a great visit. One story that I'll never forget was some food. And I'm just realizing a lot of my stories are about food. Anyway, my Korean never really got super great, or what you would say was conversational. Now, Wendy, in fact, does like spicy food more than me. So we ordered yukajang. It's a soup. Soups come in very large bowls. And when I say large, I mean it's giant-sized. It came out and looked like fire because it was so red from the peppers. She was a tramp, and she ate as much as she could. It was maybe half. After that visit, we called it the soup from hell. <laughs> I stuck to my chapchae. My aunt is a relatively tall woman, and as you probably know, most Koreans are shorter than the average American. On busy days, the subway is crowded. If you've been to New York City, those subway trains are tame compared to Seoul. Well, a couple of Korean men were packed into the train with us, and my aunt was rather surprised at how close they were to her. You had to be there, and all I'll say is that I think everyone visiting Korea has a story or two that it is a surprise with regard to the difference in personal space compared to the more typical expectation in the United States. As my tour was coming to an end, I'm getting pretty excited about going back. I really loved my time in Korea. It was truly a learning experience that I'll never forget. And as I mentioned last week, I go back several times since that assignment. I think I've been back four times as a tourist and once on a short visit as a visiting professor. The last time I was in Korea was in 2018. Anyway, I'm getting ready to go. I sell my little maroon Hyundai pony. It served me well, and it was indeed one of the best cars in terms of condition that has passed along from one person to another as they start their tour. I do make one more trip back to Hilsan and the Holt Complex, and all of those were wonderful experiences. So there are two things that I'm pretty much focused on these last few months. Since I sold my car in the U.S. before going to Korea, I had to think about getting one on my way back. The other thing pretty heavy on my mind, you may remember that I went back into the Air Force in part to continue my education. Dr. Krager, that professor from my MBA program, was in my head all these years to try to earn a doctoral degree. The first thing I needed, though, was where was I going? The other issues really depended on that. I get my assignment. It's a computer printout, and I'm going to Headquarters Tactical Air Command at Langley. This is awesome. I'm on the right track. By this time, Major Clopas had been promoted to Lieutenant Colonel, 
So he had a bit more firepower, and I'm sure he worked some magic behind the scenes because he had his contacts at Randolph, which is where the personnel center is. With this information in hand, I think my career is certainly ready to take off even further. After a lot of research, and remember this was long before the Google, I find a dealer in Texas for a Nissan Maxima. That is the next car, and my plans are to fly into Texas and drive the car to Langley. One task down. The next was that I really wanted to get back into the classroom, and knowing where in the country I was going, the next step was going to be my new number one priority. Being stationed at Langley when I was enlisted and living there when I was at Chi Chi's, I already had a lay of the land. And there were really only two options. Old Dominion University was in Norfolk and had a doctor in business administration or DBA. That would certainly continue my path in business since all of my degrees before then were all in that arena. The other option was William & Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. The biggest challenge with ODU was that it was across the river and I would have to keep going through that Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel and that would not be fun. The problem with William & Mary is that my low undergraduate GPA, well, I really didn't think I'd get accepted anyway. William & Mary didn't offer a business doctoral degree, and in looking at the options, I stumbled on the School of Education. That sounded interesting. And how difficult could it be? I was naive. So I wrote for more information from both and knew I couldn't make a decision before getting to Langley, and I was able to get a good head start on my research. After about two months, maybe less, I actually got my orders. I already had my assignment notification, and the orders are just the finality of where you're going in allows you to travel. My orders say Langley Air Force Base. Yep, that's what I expected. What I didn't expect was they said First Combat Support Group, or CGS. Wait, that's space level. I'm supposed to be going to the headquarters. My gosh, what time is it in Texas? I need to call the personnel center. I do. I call and speak to our assignments representative, and he says, oh, you noticed, did you? Um, yeah. What's going on? He said, you are going to the headquarters. Okay, why did my order say first GSG? After a long pause, he says, well, you're still a first lieutenant. General Russ, the four-star in charge of tactical air command, has a rule that no one on the staff will be lower than a captain. In other words, no lieutenants. I'm going to Langley in April of 1989, and I won't be pinning on captain until January 1990, and the end of January at that. I was told not to worry. I'm definitely going to tack, and everyone is aware. The orders were cut this way because the chief of staff sees all orders of incoming officers, and this provides cover. I'm thinking he's going to see me around the buildings, and I'm going to be a first lieutenant, but anyway, I'm not so sure. I share this with Colonel Clopas, and he calls as well. Everyone says they've done the secret handshake, and I'm showing up at the MAGCOM. I'm thinking, we'll see. Next week, we'll see what actually happens. While I was trying to decide what photos I would show from Thailand in this week's episode photos, I also found some other photos from some other episodes. You may remember that I had a fascination with the process for growing rice in Korea. I found those and will post those this week. In addition, I'll post some photos from the Olympics, including the presentation of the flag for a gold in swimming 
and the photo of Ben Johnson before his medal was rescinded for doping. Lastly, I found another photo of me when I got my award. I'm about to leave Korea and I'm flying business class back to the United States. Um, wink, wink as to why. It was awesome. We had sushi as our appetizer. Of course, it's also a long flight and it's just very nice. It was on Northwest Airways, which of course is gone now. Anyway, it was then I figured, you know, I need to be doing this more often. This week's episode is a little shorter than normal just because it's a good breaking point in the journey. Next week, and I promise, we'll be back in the United States. I sure hope my car is actually going to be ready since my ticket is only booked to Texas. And more importantly, I hope I'm going to where I think I'm going to be assigned. Enjoy spring and remember, everyone, just get one new listener. I really appreciate everyone sharing, sharing, sharing. Kona appreciates it too. Have a good week.